Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. Welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I am your host, Chris. And I am Noah. And today we're going to switch things up a little bit in our studio. We have my son, Henry. And Henry and Noah are going to interview me. So I'm going to let them take it away. Take it away. Okay, cool. So today we're going to be talking about the initial diagnosis and early years of Isaac and I when we were first diagnosed and the years to follow after that. This will be, this will be the, we'll do two episodes with this. The first one will be with Chris, my dad, and the second episode will be with my mom. And we're going to be asking them the same exact questions. They will not know what we, what each person said. See how interesting it is from each person's perspective. So, sounds fun. Yeah. So, let's get started. So, first and foremost, what was the diagnosis like? What was the diagnosis like? Well, to me, it was a relief. Mm -hmm. In short, it was a relief. And it was a relief because we didn't really know what was going on. But once we kind of knew ourselves what was going on, and we called in uh, people to do the diagnosis. Once we got the diagnosis, what it did was it opened doors for us to get you guys help. Yes. So for us, it was it was a relief, and it was also confirmation that we were we're not crazy, mm-hmm. we're not terrible parents, and that our, some of our concerns were justified. Yeah. Of so I remember sitting in. Um, well, let me back up. So we, we had, Tan, my wife called the local area education association, um, early intervention, whatever it's called. And they came into our home and did some testing and there was a whole group of people mm-hmm. and she can probably talk a little bit more about yeah. the details. But I remember going to uh, a meeting where they were going to f- present their findings. Yeah. And after they said they that you guys both exhibited characteris- characteristics of autism, we um, I asked the school psychologist, Jim, I said, so does that mean they have autism? And he said, well, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. They couldn't come out and do like a whole official medical diagnosis because they were educators. Of course, so. yeah. But we actually told them thank you, and they said in the whole time of talking to families, they've never had anyone say thank you. <laughs> but it was because it just, like I said, it gave us some confirmation of what we were experiencing. Exactly. Yeah, what were some of the warning signs you saw before the diagnosis? Good question. Uh, let's see here. I made a list because it's been been some time ago but uh, Isaac he had very limited language Noah you were very 
you had limited language, you've, but not as much as Isaac, but you mm-hmm. repeated words a lot. Of course, yeah. That that was one thing. One Another was uh, sensory. You guys were so sensitive to sounds and, and lights and foods and, and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, you were guys were always very challenging to take places because there were lots of meltdowns. We never know when a meltdown was going to happen. I remember being in the parking lot of Hy-Vee trying to leave with Isaac and him fighting like crazy to get into the car seat. And this kid was 18 months old at the time and he had the strength of a a giant, it felt like. So those were some warning signs. But the the one thing that was, I was a little bit behind mom and in, in, in the whole diagnosis she was ahead of me yeah since she had more time with us yeah because she stayed at home she was she saw more of you i probably was in denial a little bit longer mm-hmm. yeah of course but what it did what kind of did it for me was i remember it was around december november december ish and i traveled to madison for work mm-hmm. and during that trip i visited some friends that we know in Madison and they had a son that was younger than you guys Mm -hmm. and I ate dinner with them and he sat at his high chair and he was eating everything in sight. He was interacting, he was talking, he was doing all these things. And I was like, my God, either this kid is a genius or there's something wrong with our kids. And, And that was the one thing I left there feeling like someone just punched me in the gut because I just knew right then there was that mom was right. There was definitely something going on. And yeah. And, and I don't remember exactly when we called in the AEA, but I think it was shortly after that visit. Mm-hmm. Then about three months down the line, March 26th, if I'm correct. Somewhere yeah. Time, got February or March in that time frame. Yeah. Diagnosed. Yep. Fears confirmed. <laughs> or suspicions confirmed, or whatever, like that. So, what are some of what were some resource groups back in the day that you guys relied on for support? Shortly after you guys were diagnosed, one of the things we were, mom and I were able to do is we went down to Des Moines and we attended the Autism Society of Iowa's Spring Conference. Yeah, and I think probably grandparents stayed with you guys. Mm-hmm. But it was it was great because it was the very first time that that I felt that when I spoke with people, they understood exactly what I was saying. Yeah, they it was they had either kids with autism or they were professionals who worked with people with autism. So being around people and listening to them, it was it was very encouraging to know that we're not alone and there are a lot of resources out there. Mm-hmm. So we've, we went to several of those conferences over the years. And not right away, but later on we started attending. There was a support parent support group that was in the Waterloo-Cedar Falls area. And so we started attending that and meeting some other parents. And uh, we're still friends with some of the people there. Mm-hmm. What were some of the fun things you get to do because of, or get or got to do because of, no one Isaac being on the spectrum. I would say some of the, there's actually several things. One of them was we got to go to all these different conferences and meet different people and 
learn a whole lot. So that was, I've always enjoyed meeting people at, whether it's for my job or for uh, in the autism related communities, meeting people and learning about their experiences. Uh, I do remember back in, I think it's 2004, we went to a conference in Ames called Parents as Presenters. And what it was, it was a conference for parents to learn how to share their story with others. So maybe they're sharing with uh, a church or a school or any other group. It was kind of, it was a training for for parents to become presenters. And there the, we met so many families and they all had kids with different um, challenges. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, coming away from that, thinking how lucky we were mm-hmm. that our challenges were not medical life and death challenges like some of these people were facing. Yeah. So it was a really good perspective. As hard as as hard and difficult and challenging as it was for us, other people had it had way more challenges mm-hmm. than we did. Yes. Of course. So that was one. And after that we got to, we've been able to speak at several different occasions. We go to you and I, which is re- Within, right down the road. Right down the road from us. And we talked to some classes, people, students there, mostly in the speech-language pathology department. Mm-hmm. We've spoken to um, high school groups. We've spoken to other educators. We've done um, like a panel discussion for a medical community. My aunt, Sharon, actually invited us to speak at one of her um, tea groups, like the Red Hat groups or something. It was... It was a tea. I was the only guy there. It was a little awkward, but we get we got to share our story there. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. One of the fun things too was meeting people like Jim Hall. Okay, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, Jim. You want to talk about what, what that one is, Noah? To expand what he was saying a little bit earlier, sensory overload is a thing that most people with on the spectrum are quite familiar with. And one of those things is water. And so people were like, oh, my kids got swim lessons. They were like three or four, and they did fine. And, like, I would see water and just scream. Same thing with Isaac, I think. Isaac Isaac was liked the water. Isaac liked it. I just, you did not like the water. I did not like water. Yeah. I was like the Wicked Witch of the West. I did not like water. It took a while. So when I was, like, in... When I was a little older, older than I should have been, I started taking swim lessons, and this guy named Jim Hall, who's a, I don't know what he does off the top of my head, teacher of some sort, but he... He teaches at UNI. He teaches at UNI, okay, yep. that's what I thought. He helped us out with that, and he, it really helped me out, especially Isaac, too, and Henry as well. It just kind of... I can swim now. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So what it really, what it was, was Jim was doing some kind of study and I don't even know the details, but he was doing some kind of study about teaching kids with, with autism to swim, mm-hmm. something about like that. And so we were invited to come on Sunday mornings for an hour and his, his students, you and I students would be in the water with you guys and teach you, get you familiar with the swimming. Yeah. And you guys were, I remember you guys wore the wetsuits. Wetsuits and stuff like that. And it was a different way of, of swim lessons. Instead of being in a larger group like a normal 
typical yeah. swim lesson thing. Yeah. Where people are freezing because it's cold. We were in a, a nice pool at the, at the university that they have. Mm-hmm. And Jim and the students were teaching guys one-on-one, essentially. Yeah. A lot better for, a lot better for me, considering I did not like people back then. I still don't. So like not, people. Still not a big fan, though, of people. <laughs> I can enjoy, I enjoy people in moderation. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It was, it was not like 25 kids that were freezing their butts off. It was three people enjoying warmer-ish waters, which was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. Another thing, I got a couple more. Mm-hmm. On my list, we got to go to Disney on that Disney trip. There's a local radio station that they do a, an annual trip to Walt Disney World in Florida, mm-hmm. and they choose different so many families per year with um, who have children with different needs. And our family was selected, and we got to go down. You guys are pretty young, but we got to yeah. go down. It like was 2007 or something. 2007. September it was really our first true vacation. Yeah. So a lot of supports, a lot of planning, and lots of having, lots of toilet flushing. Lots of toilet flushing. It's we, a story. So we had adjoining rooms at at the at our hotel because so, we brought um, my mom's brother came down. Your from uncle Seattle. came with us. Yeah. Because we needed um, people to help. We had three young kids and we needed one on one. For sure. So yeah. he came along. And so we had adjoining rooms. And in, in the rooms, there were these toilets that had the, the flusher at the, on the top. And they were very explosive. And they were loud. And Isaac loved them. He just thought they were hilarious. So he would go from one room to another flushing toilets. Back and forth. A lot. And back and forth. A lot. Yeah. Yes. A lot. That's one of the... That's, one that's of what the, we remember from Magical Mix Kids. Yep. The flushing toilets. That's what I remember from, that's what I remember from Disney before I went back. <laughs> <laughs> in March. So, yes. For the band trip, so. So we have that. And then the last thing I'll mention is this podcast. I mean, getting yeah. to do things like this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Help raise awareness and help people out that are that were in the same boat as us. What are some of the challenges of being a parent with kids on the autism spectrum? Well... There's a lot of challenges. What kind of challenges are you looking for? Something when the kids are little or something now? Or what do you think? Probably more when they're little. Little? Okay. One of the things we really struggled with when you guys were little were haircuts. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because of your that. sensory issues, it was awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime... Uh, they had a like a razor, like electric razor that would cut trim, cutters, trimmers, come near you. You would know freak it. You, out. you freak, freak out. And Isaac, you guys both just absolutely hated it. Yeah. We tried lots of things. Uh, we, I tried cutting Isaac's hair once, and that, that was, did not turn out well. That was a pretty bad. <laughs> so we never did that again. We, we knew we went to a place where I went was going at the time, and. The woman that cut my hair was super nice, and she offered to cut your hair. And so we took you guys, and oh boy, it wasn't going very well. You guys were really upset, and the owner of the salon was was cutting someone's hair very close to us. And I, I remember, mom and I both heard her say, um, "quote If my kids acted that way, I'd slap the beep out of them." 
loud enough that we could hear. <laughs> Needless to say, we never went back, mm-hmm. and I stopped going to that salon too. Uh, I think the next thing we tried was a friend of ours' daughter cut hair, so she came to our home, and we cut hair in the living room. Okay. And that worked a little better, still wasn't great. And then we found uh, a small barber shop or salon in Grandma Grandpa. In their town. It's like 30 so we drive like 45 miles, 45 minutes to this little shop and make sure that no one else is in there mm-hmm. and to get your hair cut. And it was a little better. Yeah. It still wasn't, you know, great. The place was the size, it was probably like the size of this room. <laughs> yeah. So we tried lots of things and then that worked pretty well for a while. And then I think they stopped cutting hair. And that was an insurance place. Yep. That was an insurance place. And then we found a barber here in town, and that was, you guys did pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. But then they retired and closed shop. So as soon as you get something that works and then they close it, you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Oof. But we um, we found a place where we go now, and it's called Cost Cutters, just a chain. It works fine. But the people there are awesome, mm-hmm. and they know us. Isaac loves going there. He helps sweep up hair and stuff like yeah. that. Even if, even if he's not getting his haircut, he'll go and sweep up after haircuts. Help out people and people and the employees there enjoy that. They really they like that. Yeah. So it was really just one of those things that really sucked. And then over the years, it just slowly, slowly got, got better. better. Yeah. And now it's not a big deal. Good. Good. Another thing that's challenging is. You know, finding time for mom and I to be a couple. It's challenging for any parents who have kids to find time to themselves to go on date nights and, and, and be a couple. But it's especially hard when you have kids with special needs who mm-hmm. need a lot of attention. And a lot of times what happens is, like, I'll take Isaac somewhere and we'll trade off and we're always doing stuff with with you guys mm-hmm. and we're not really doing things together as much. Yeah, we have to make time to to do things as a couple yeah. and that's why respite is really important. Yeah. And that we're trying to take better more a better advantage of our respite time and do more things together. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that's challenging is especially when you guys were young just really felt like we were being judged a lot yeah that sounds about right yeah you could you could sense people's sneers and judgments and when you're out in the public and discomfort and yeah like so too. you know isaac doesn't talk he has different behaviors and he's better now but when someone sees your kid messing around with a door or yeah doing something that's not normal you get the 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 comments the you're a bad parent look yes the control your kid look um, you get that a lot and you know it's and I think people probably think they maybe would know what to do like they probably just think we're don't know anything we're, oh. we're just bad parents mm-hmm. right yeah and we got that a lot from different angles so we've I've kind of learned to just ignore, ignore and the haters. Ignore the haters and try to educate those mm-hmm. people now. Because sometimes, if someone says something or look or looks 
I might say, you know, yeah, he has autism. He loves Isaac loves these doors. Most of the time, we just come through here. We do the doors a few times, and he's good to go. Mm-hmm. And once you say that, most of the time, people will be like, oh. And even if they don't know what autism is, some people do, and they're like, okay, that maybe that makes a little sense. Yeah, we could probably talk about challenges all night, but uh, we could, yeah. <laughs> I think another thing that's very typical for a lot of families' challenges are the strict schedules. Yeah. There's not very much flexibility. Yeah. And so you have to plan. And if there is a change in the schedule, you you let people know as soon as possible. Yeah. We're dealing with a, a change in the schedule right now. Henry, you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Isaac right now? Yep, Isaac is going to go to a camp that all the campers there have special needs, right? Yeah, Camp Courageous. Camp Courageous, Mm -hmm. and he's going there just for Friday night and then Saturday, Saturday and then we're picking him up on Sunday, and he's not very happy about it because he's missing all of Saturday, and that messes up the schedule, so he's going, camp, all done! One more day. Right, and what he means by one more day is just one day. Yeah. <laughs> he wants us to he wants me to pick him up at noon on Saturday, even though we're dropping him off Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we struggle with schedules, but the funny thing is about Isaac, we can take him across country. And he's fine. And he's fine. And so it it's just strange about how this camp has just got him all out of out of sorts but that's the thing is you never know what's going to throw mm-hmm. them off mm-hmm. if you were given 10 million dollars to go back and do it all again would you i have a good feeling what this answer is maybe <laughs> so the, this is an interesting question right my answer is always no i wouldn't go back and redo it all over again but i wouldn't change it yeah. So I wouldn't change what's happened, but mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't want to go back and have to go through the struggles and go through the challenges all over again. Because mm-hmm. it was it was definitely hard. It was Isaac didn't sleep through the night until he was almost five years old. On a well, on a consistent basis, he probably one every other night or so he was up at three or four in the morning for the day. I don't miss not sleeping. Sleep is good. Sleep is good. But it's, it's you know, this has made me a person who I am today. Mm-hmm. Someone who sees the world a little differently than I did before kids, especially with the experiences I had. So I wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess to end this all off, why don't you, you sure tell us... Are we going to be ending here? Or... Well, this will be our last question. Okay. Why don't you tell us one of your favorite Isaac or twin stories? Because we seem to do that. Okay. We decided to go on vacation when it was in 2009, so nine years ago, and we drove out to Washington, D.C. to visit your your uncle and aunt. And at the time, the technology was way different back then. We didn't have mobile phone, smartphones. We didn't have iPads. So, But we had DVD player. And what movie did we... Here, Ours, we heard the Will Ferrell 
cult classic Elf a lot on the way up there. <laughs> Isaac loved that movie, hmm. and he, he played that movie all the way there. He played the, the crap out of it on the way up there and back. And it's about 14 and a half hours one way. That's right. So imagine hearing them for 14 and a half hours. And it's just the same 30 minutes of it, the first 30 minutes of the movie. And you hear that like 28, 30 <laughs> times at least just one way. It is the best part of the movie. It is the best part of the movie, i got to admit. But also, it's... It, you just... It gets dull after the second after the 22nd time of Will Ferrell getting mauled by a raccoon. It's not... It isn't funny anymore. Maybe it is to some people, but you... But no. Isaac is funny. Isaac, it was funny. So... Yeah, the 21st time, it's funny. But the 22nd time, that's the pivot point right Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that trip was a lot of fun, actually. We, even though it took us forever, we also thought our van was going to explode. It didn't, but it didn't, which is great. Thankfully, we we got to um, Davenport and we pulled into a Starbucks, and Henry woke up from a nap and thought this white Starbucks was the White House, which is hilarious. If only it was. <laughs> that would have been so fast to get there. So the a couple other things, uh, when we were at the, on that trip, Isaac did pretty well. Uh, I remember walking around the mall area with the monuments, and we were heading towards the Lincoln Memorial. But on the way there was the World War World War Two Memorial, mm-hmm. and I believe that that's the memorial that has water. Yes, that is. And Isaac was eyeing the water, and he was making a beeline for the water, and mm. my I almost had a heart attack because I was I just was picturing him stripping down jumping in this water where all these people are paying their respects yeah exactly like that would have been kicked just, and getting kicked out by police that would have been awful but we we caught him it didn't happen <clears throat> it, it didn't happen but that's that's where my mind went there yeah because just uh, this circular pool looks like this it's like this circular exactly pool water he, in it. so he saw the these this like pool with the fountains pool and he was of fountains like, aka pool. pool water yes. yeah you go that's what you do at a pool right <laughs> <laughs> Not this pool. It's special. That's right. So we, so that was good. That didn't happen. Um, the other thing I remember from that day when we were down there, we went to one of the museums, Smithsonian's. Yeah, you you were big into the. I was big into dinosaurs. Yeah, and stuff. I love that stuff. So we went there, and I stuck with Isaac, mm-hmm. and then Mom stuck with you and Henry. Yeah, and. It was all I could do to keep up with Isaac. He he did not want to be in that museum at all. He yeah. was just going through, and I was I went through the history of time in like ten minutes, whereas you guys were you took forty five fifty yeah a lot longer yeah. So I remember that. A couple other fun memories uh, of Isaac. He loves to shoot baskets, right, Henry? Mm-hmm. He shoots baskets a lot at the rec center. Mm-hmm. And he used to shoot baskets underhand. Yeah. When he was smaller. So he got more control and stuff. Yep, because he couldn't really shoot overhand, get enough power. So he shot underhand. And he got pretty good. He did. So we took him to Special Olympics basketball at UNI. It was being held at UNI. And during the shooting portion, he did his shots around the lane. You get, I think, six or, you know, a couple, probably like 12 shots total you get. Mm -hmm on that and then they were done but everyone was waiting to transfer to the next station um, next part of the special olympics competition and so 
Isaac and the other kids were starting to shoot baskets. Mm-hmm. And Isaac got Had the ball, fun. and he shot one from the free throw line and made it. And some of the kids, the students that were there helping out, said clapped and gave him the ball. He stepped back to the three-point line, line and nailed it. Sunk and it. the people were like, oh, my gosh. And then he did it again. He made another three-pointer. And then I think he made like five shots Shot, in a row. Yeah, something like that. And people were going nuts, just going crazy, because this was just all for fun, and he was just nailing all the th- those three pointers. Yep, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a cool moment. Just then he, then he goes back to the half court line, just casually, and just chucks it up, goes in. Everyone just goes insane. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. So. And then, you know, one of my favorite memories of Noah was when you were in the sixth grade trivia. Oh, yeah. It was fun watching you, because you were really good. You, you read a lot, mm-hmm. and you were really good. You were like the Cliff Clavin, which which is a character from Cheers, if you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. But he would always know really random facts. Yeah. And that's Noah. Like, Noah knows mm-hmm. all these random facts. And I remember, well, you guys won the yeah. city championship. Yeah. And I remember the one question at the end of a, this one match, and you guys had already won, but it talked about... The the names of the nuclear bombs that dro- were dropped on, Japan, dropped on Japan. I don't even remember what they are right now. So don't you don't remember what they are? No, I'm getting old, remember? Names of... Wasn't it like bo- Fat Boy? Atomic and- bombs in, on Japan. So I'm just going to look that up right now. <laughs> so the one that dropped in Hiroshima was called Little Boy... And then the name of the one that dropped in Nagasaki was called uh, Fat Man, I think. Wait. Yeah, Fat Man. And I knew both of those. Just yeah. casually. And I don't know. You just knew them. And it was, it was. I remember watching it on TV because they record them and they mm-hmm. play it back on our local TV. And Grandpa Rao, when he heard you answer those, he just, he just was died. like, died laughing. Just, it was great. So that's one of my favorite memories of that. Yeah. So what other questions do you have? That's really about it, actually. That's really about it. Yeah. Cool. Great. So I'm, I'm excited <coughs> to hear some of Mom's answers mm-hmm. to these same questions. For sure. Yeah. Anything else for good of the cause today? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to our podcast. I hope that you were able to learn something and take something away. If you know of anybody who might find this podcast helpful or get something out of it, please share it with them. You can find us on our website at autisminthewild.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is autisminthewild. Until next time. Thanks for listening.